I am Dr. Jessica Bennett, and this is Season 3 of the Mindful Literacy Podcast. This podcast is created to build awareness for our nonprofit, Mindful Literacy Columbus. This season, we will hear from guests on topics related to teaching and learning. Many of the conversations are for parents and teachers and focus on the areas of literacy education and special education. However, this season, I will also be turning the mic over to several of my favorite teachers, my students. Adolescence is a tumultuous time, and I have had the honor and the privilege this year of sitting next to some pretty amazing teenagers who are intelligent, open, honest, mature, compassionate, and empathetic. We will listen in as two high school students explore their inner desires with career and college planning expert Aaron Green of In the College Planning Experts. We will also hear from a pretty insightful rising ninth grader who gets open and honest about friendship, family relationships, and growing up with ADHD. The mission of Mindful Literacy Columbus is to provide one-on-one and small group literacy tutoring to children with dyslexia or who are at risk for reading failure. It is our vision to create a center where children can have access to high quality, affordable tutoring no matter what. In our mind's eye, this center would also be a place where adults can study our language together and where parents can find support. Listener support is paramount how much we are able to support kids in our community. Thank you so much for your support. I have an announcement about our first annual Mindful Literacy Columbus Conference, which is happening October 12th, 2021 at Otterbein University in Westerville, Ohio. Virtual seats are also available. I want to give a huge thanks to our sponsor, Midwest Educational Therapist and Associates of Ohio, aka Meta Ohio. So grab your teacher buddies and grab a seat. Executive functioning, practical strategies for maximum growth. Learn strategies for building the big three executive functions in literacy, math, and social emotional development. Literacy sessions will be focused on how to teach kids who have working memory and processing speed challenges, for whom traditional Orton-Gillingham has not fully worked. Structured word inquiry and orthographic linguistics will be discussed in depth. Sessions will be organized into elementary, middle, and upper level strands in a workshop style so that you can walk away with tools, techniques, and deliverables to implement in your teaching practice immediately. The keynote address will be by Julianne Ash, who is a board-certified educational therapist and is the founder of Meta Ohio. Lunch is provided during a parent and professional panel. It's going to be super fun. As I said, this conference is taking place in person at Otterbein University or online. Registration is now open at mindfulliteracypractice.org forward slash conference forward slash. Listeners of this podcast can use code PODCAST10, in all caps, for 10% off early bird or regular registration. I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. If you would like more information about the conference, please send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can also email me, Dr. Bennett, at mindfulliteracypractice.org. That's D-R-B-E-N-N-E-T-T at mindfulliteracypractice.org.
O-R-G. And our Instagram handle is at mindful.literacy.cbus. And on Facebook, we are mindful.literacy.columbus. Thanks again for your support. And we hope you enjoy this episode of the Mindful Literacy Podcast. Welcome to the Mindful Literacy hey, Podcast, Erin Green. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, so you're with the In College yes. Planning Experts. Yep, we sure are. Um, we've just recently actually moved into our Bexley office, actually this this past November. Um, we've, uh, we've been around for a bit. We've been around for about 12 years now. We've got uh, original offices in Upper Arlington, and then we recently moved to Powell, and then Bexley's our third office. Awesome. Well, I have really enjoyed getting to know you and the work you do with high school, high school students and, mm-hmm. co- and even college students. And I, you know, I was telling you when I first met you, I have, I work with a few high school students and I always need to find the why for people. It's just, I think it's Simon Sinek. When I learned about some of his research, you know, what is your why? What's the why? So when I first started working with um, my high school students, I want to know what their long-term goals are, their medium-term goals, short-term goals. And so um, we're sitting here today with Mitchell and Julie. Uh, Mitchell is a freshman. And when I first started working with him in the fall, I was getting to know him. And I said, well, what do you think you want to do after high school? And he said, I think I want to, I think I want to go to medical school, but I'm not really sure. So when I met you, Aaron, and your team there, and I saw the demo of what you do for kids, I thought to myself, well, where were you when I, when I was 16? Um, and so I just put me in mind to think, you know what? I think you need to meet my friend Mitchell because I'd love to see what magic oh, you work yeah. with him on your whiteboard. So I'm going to let you guys do your thing. Yeah, we've got a big whiteboard. And if you want to. Floor to ceiling whiteboard. Yeah, so I'm just going to let you do your thing. I'm going to actually mute excellent, myself excellent. and just and so see a fly what we'll on do the wall. today is just kind of walk mm-hmm. Mitchell and Julie through just how we start looking through and evaluating career options. And this is something that we start with with everybody, honestly. In fact, this is. When how we work as an as an entity because we're right here on Main Street. If if the audience is familiar with Bexley, uh, directly across the street from the CVS on Main Street in College Planning, uh, it's really starts with the students, you guys, and figuring out what it is for college that you're looking for. In fact, I kind of always traditionally start with the saying of like. College is no different than any other large asset buy, really. This is no different than buying a home. This is no different than buying retirement. One, it's the same cost magnitude as both of those things. Literally, a bachelor's degree right now is about eighty dollars to $200,000. Two, you literally have a plethora of choice. There's 4,500 schools in this country, each one with 200 majors. So you literally have a Google that's problem of choice. And then it's your future at stake. So we have all this stuff, this big stuff on the table that, can, that we kind of really need to dive into and be able to see. Because... We often, Mitchell, and I'll get your take on this too, we often put in your hands of saying, as students, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? What do you want to major in? All those particular things. That's a big question. <laughs> it's a big, heavy question, I imagine, right? Yeah. How do you feel about it as a question Somebody, when someone asks you that? Um, I mean, it's a lot to think about, and it's hard just to kind of throw something out there. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's the question, what are you going to do for the next 40 years of your life plus? Yeah, um, it kind of decides your your fate. 
Yeah, right? That is, that's a good way of putting it. Like, oh, I have to decide my fate now for the rest of my life. At the age of, are you 15? Yeah, uh, in, in, in May, I'll, I'll be 15. Okay, so you're about to, yeah, you'll be turning 15 here, going into your sophomore year. That's a tough thing to ask for this. This is a good way of explaining this, as a, as a way of conceptualizing why that's a bad question to ask. I'll have two types of kids that walk in. I'll have a valedictorian that'll walk in and say, I want to be a neurosurgeon. And then I'll have a 3.6, 3.9 kid, an average student, that says, you know what? I have no idea what I want to do. You want to know the truth? They're the exact same point. At least this kid that's saying they don't know is being honest about it. But the student that's saying neuroscience, truthfully, they have no concept of the job. They've never seen it in action. They may have an interest in the brain and biology, but honestly, that's the extent of it. But again, at least this kid's being honest. So what we have to do is dial you both back and really start engaging your interests and start seeing where those lie. Um, and knowing this too, everything changes. A great example, I actually have a mechanical engineering degree and I specialize in general mechanics, truthfully. And I do college planning now. Everything changes. The thing that didn't though, and this is actually something you can hang your hat on because we all do professionally, is that my core principles will stay the same. I'm still more analytical, more process driven. But the construct around it, the work world around it, is a thing that shifted. So when you're being asked that question, nobody means ill unless you're trying to put you in a bad spot. But what you're actually being asked to do is to state two things. First is know thyself, which actually I fully expect you to know. The other is know what the outside work world looks like. You're 14 going to 15. There's no way I expect you to know what that looks like. So the question's point shouldn't be, what do you want to do with your life future goals and majors? The question's point should be, what do you want to affect? What really turns your motor? What things you go with? That's the question that we'll answer at this point. So that's why I'm going to use the whiteboard for a good chunk of this, if that's okay. So uh, for the audience there, I'm going to do my best to describe this stuff in full as I kind of go through it as well. So and a good conceptual way of thinking about this, and, and in full transparency, Mitchell got to see a little bit of this uh, before we walked in, so that way we could kind of make sure you have a full idea. But... Um, this whole thing is governed by this concept of the way we like to describe it about how do you get the best return on value for education. And it's really these kind of four principles that kind of go into place with that. One is understanding the career side, which is direction. The direction may be towards a job, the direction may be towards a grad school of some sort. We have to define that. And that's why I'm glad Dr. Bennett asks that question up front, which is like, what do you want to do with this? Because then you can create actual direction with it. Then we can find the schools that academically do that best. And you describe best not in the way that we traditionally do in the society, which is like Johnny's brother went there, so it must be good. No, we need to actually find some brass tacks, measurables, such as starting salaries coming out of a specific program, job placement rates. How do those compare against other schools? Grad school placement rates. That tells me a whole lot about is this school actively good at this by using measurable numbers. Then you match the cost structure up with it so the way you're not overpaying for it, really putting in the proper scholarships, and going after the money that's needed in order to fund college, we're really big about controlling the costs here. We say that college should be based off the value of the degree in the end, not off of the sticker price, or what you've even saved. Basically stating, if I walk out of college today as a teacher, making, let's just say, $30,000 a year, I shouldn't take on the same amount of cost that as an engineer making sixty. You won't be a teacher for very long if you do. So we have to adjust that. Our formula is that the student should take on no more than half of their anticipated annual salary and debt based off of the future career path that they choose. Basically, if you walk in making 30, you're going to afford 15. 
You walk out making 60 to 430 grand in debt. That's financially doable. So study, studying the financial models for schools in and out, that's something we do all day, especially for the endowment structures, financial giving histories, particularly in non-need-based scenarios. Basically, for middle-income families and above, how much is a school giving? Well, the nice thing is every school affords it. So we actually can analyze that data a year in advance and get the best deals out of them. You throw in the fit, make sure you're comfortable there, and then we're set. That's how you really want to look at that. Very similar in concept to like buying a home and saying, you know, we want a home in Bexley that's four bedrooms, three baths for 350000 something like that. And you, you go and you narrow the criteria. And that's what we do, is really honing in on the criteria that you're looking for. Find those options between the 4500 that make sense. Let's study them, see what they look like. Find the best college options. How this starts is really with this career side, which is really the academic, and that's what we're going to focus on today. So and this is how we start this every time with a new student. So this is going to be fun. So you kind of get this preliminarily. So this is kind of cool. So again, that concept of question of what do you want to do with your life, physicals, and majors, is just too heavy of a question. It's the wrong question. It's more of what do you want to affect? What turns your motor? What things that get you going is a questionable answer. Okay. I'll give you a cool example. I have a kid that was telling me uh, that he really liked computers. And for the audience, I'm writing this down as I go. Uh, but he's a lot more programming-centered, a lot more software-heavy, and he was more artistic in nature. So I circle this and say, okay, what affects this world? What do the fields go around us where we work with these interests? Well, starting with engineering, because the student's dad was an engineer, <clears throat> said he should go into electrical computer engineering or computer science engineering, which has a lot to do with this, but little else here. These are more hardware-driven disciplines. They're about 70% hardware design and 30% software. Not what he's describing. So let's look into the business section, where we find fields like management information systems, computer information systems, and IT, which are still very computer-centered, a lot more programming-heavy, but still missing this creative touch. So let's look into the liberal arts section and find computer science as a liberal arts degree which is more about the theory or idea and understanding of software design and software development. That's a lot more of what he's describing here. Take something like that and throw in digital media and or digital art, and now we're talking. Now that's something that's really down this kid's wheelhouse. Next step form, exposure to all of it. I wanted to see everything that's happening around the sphere. And the reason for that, the way to really be able to hone in on truly what you want to do, or at least to start with professionally, isn't actually about adding more choice. It's actually about vetting the choice. It's about getting rid of stuff. And the only way to effectively do that, time, knowledge, research. There is no one test that will tell you what you can do for the rest of your life. Was would have done already. <laughs> Excuse me. It's really about taking the time to understand what are these fields really all about? What are they actively trying to teach me at the collegiate level, at the next level? Then doing some shadowing in that space so you can get some texture, some feel of it. Then after all that, you can more or less build a body of evidence in order to support the answer to a fairly easy question, which is, do I like this? That way this kid could see on his own and say, yeah, I'm not here. I'm not here either. Actually, turns him right here. Wasn't even fully in the direction of computer science and digital media leaning more towards the engineering side. 
He wasn't the engineering side, wasn't the business side. He's leaning though still towards the engineering side. So we have to find programs that skew slant more towards that direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Because now we can do this in a tactical way. Now we're going to figure out how, we'll, how to do this for you. All right, that sounds good. So, how we'll do this, let's see, a good way to start this. Um, spread the word college here and create this big circle of things to do. Let's say in this circle, we'll use Ohio State as an easy measurable. There are 177 majors at Ohio State. In no way, shape, or form would my team or any of my advisors ever give you a book of 177 majors and say, Beth, please make sure they're not here. I do this for a living, won't do that. What we want to be able to do, though, is take careers and merge them with your interests. So when I say there's 177 majors in this bubble, yes, there truly are. But interestingly enough, and this is going to sound nuts, but I promise I'll back this up. There are actually only five things you can actively go to college for at the end. Truth is, that's it. There are only five. The five things are, well, the first one, I should say, is my background, which is technical, which is more engineering, architecture, hard science, math, computer, IT, a little bit of design. Depends on the set of design you fall into. The second category is business, which actually has three different sides. On one part, we have a very math-heavy side which is more accounting, finance, actual science, economics. On the other end, you have the creative end, which is more marketing, graphic design, visual communications, public relations. A lot more right-brained, a lot more artistic adaptations being brought to the business world. And then we have this third wing, which is this tech wing of business, which is more management information systems, data analytics. Thanks to social media, this stuff's exploded. Really taken off. The third area are the least understood set, and these are the liberal arts degrees. And this is where you find all the ologies, psychology, sociology, music, fine art, political science, even base level biology or base level chemistry. Degrees that have done on their own take a little while. Typically require master's degrees or above in order to fully make them work. Typically better paired with other things, but can be done on Stick with it. Fourth is health, which is a much bigger field than it used to be. That used to be you just become a doctor or nurse and call it a day. But with the health industry actively trying to diversify, a lot of things have broken off from the MD ranks and become their own specializations. So now we have these schools of allied health, allied medical, rehabilitation service programs, where you can get bachelor's degrees today that are fully board certified in things like respiratory therapy, radiological sciences, biomedical science, respiratory dietetics. These are all considered board certified now after four years and the pre-med bill. So you do that, your specialty, and you're great. You're in great shape. And then you have professional doctorates, not MDs, and these are things like pharmacy, optometry, dentistry, advanced versions, and nurse practitioners and physician assistants. Long story short, there's a lot of flexibility there, which is really cool. And the last field is education. Whether or not you go to teaching, education policy and leadership, or education reform. That's it. Those are the five fields you can actively go to college for, five career fields. Everything else either spiders off of those or combines and create it. So the next step, and this is where we're going to start in for you, is start taking your interest and start pairing it back with us. What this is going to lead to are jobs slash majors that we'll be able to highlight and start with. A way we can have a good starting point for you.
as far as where your interests really lie. So, let's dive in. So, let's talk about it on this one, Mitchell. What are some of your interests? What are some of your likes, dislikes, favorite subjects, hobbies, everything? Um, so, um, let's see. Uh, so, right now, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a crew, which is a, uh, a, a theater thing, so it's like oh. the backstage, okay. like building the sets, designing the lights, designing the sound. Um, so uh, drama crew. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's good. Oh, I was thinking um, rowing. Yeah, yeah. So drama crew. Okay, excellent. Very good. Excellent. What else? What are some of your other favorite things to do and favorite hobbies and everything? Uh, so I, I play some sports. I uh, speed skate actually. Which is do you really? Yeah. Rollerblade or, or ice? Ice. Really? Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. So speed scanning? Very cool. Um, I play some uh, uh, video games. Okay. Video games are just as much a part of your personality. And we'll, we'll definitely dive into that. Video games? Uh, I pick up some like small hobbies with my dad, like building a uh, train set. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. so just kind of, kind of small things. We used to take some uh, like computers apart, like the, the uh, speakers. We, we took apart a speaker. Do you, was that? Do you like enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So building slash taking apart uh, trains, electronics, stuff like that. Yeah, excellent. Well, very good. Oh, and then so I this, this was something that I. I uh, Enjoy currently. Mm -hmm. um, I I work with these these two doctors, um, and I, I they, they have like these slides, and I scan them in and I put them on on their computer and stuff like cells and like cancer cells and all kinds of different stuff. Oh sweet! And and they they uh, teach me about like each 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 slide and kind of like how it works in the body and what part of the body it's in. So really take it. That's really neat. So you're actually doing this for a doctor, and they're talking to you about. The actual cells and diseases that are that you're seeing. Yeah. You're yeah, converting them. They're converting them for him. So his job is to convert them from old school cell slides. So his job is to convert them. Ah, to make them digital. Yes. As a perk, they tell him about them. Gotcha. Yeah. It's kind of like. Imagine it sounds like you're kind of digging both sides of that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. Cool. It's fun to scan them off and it's fun to learn about. Oh, and then I also I, I scanned some uh, VCR tapes of like surgeries. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. Conversion. So I'm writing this all down. So digital conversion of medical uh, slash diseases, uh, uh, cells, everything like that. We'll we'll dive more into that for sure. Um, very good. What are some of your favorite classes in school so far? Um, well, it used to be math, but mm -hmm. this year math has not been my favorite. Okay. So this year biology is my favorite. Well, yeah. There you go. I'm still gonna toss math up there because we're gonna we're gonna dissect that a little bit. Okay. I imagine you're taking geometry trick this year. Yeah, geometry. Yeah, but we're definitely gonna talk about that. because <laughs> there are big differences between algebra and geometry. Yeah. And keeping to those pieces, so it's very good. Oh, and then one thing I, I really like to learn about is uh, world studies. World studies? Uh, primarily, like, world uh, wars and, like, kind of more of, like, 
like the planes and, and the ships. Very cool. I, I used to collect like models of of ships and planes. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, the planes. Very good. This is a great start. Thank you. This is a great start. Anything else you want to toss up there? Um. Oh, I used to collect sports cards. How much for this? Okay. It's a big thing, but uh, it's kind of something I, I do okay. with my dad, but I, I don't really do that too much anymore. Very good. All right, yeah. Well, well, let's start at the top. The first thing you mentioned was drama crew, or crew within drama. Why that? What's that? What's that doing for you, Mitch? What do you really love about it? Um, so it, it kind of works in like phases. Okay. So the first phase is like building the set, and um, and you you can kind of work together. You, you, you build the frames, and you put the frames together to make a set. Mm -hmm. And then the second phase is we do lights. Um, so they 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 have this catwalk. Mm -hmm. You pull up and you put like all all, all these lights, and you you. Uh, Aim the lights at where you want them. Just kind of, uh, uh, and then you, I think, uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't really know how to explain it. Oh, no, that's great. Yeah, that's basically, just point it at different parts of the stage. Mm -hmm. And and then I used to do, I don't, with COVID, I haven't, I haven't been doing that much, but uh, sound. Okay. Like, where you kind of program some of the sound needs. So it sounds like you really enjoy working on the full aspect of building. And constructing the the atmosphere, the whole set. Yeah, yeah. Really. Building sets for my my uh, my uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yep. It definitely seems like working with your hands and really getting into the nitty gritty with things has really been a fun thing for you. Definitely, yeah. Um, you were talking about like the hobbies that you and your dad are sharing, so really kind of getting in, breaking things apart, putting things together. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Very good. Anything else with uh, with crew? That you toss in? Um, I don't think so. Very good. Just the session. So the session. Oh yeah, and, and there's also like my friends do it. So. Yep. So it's a good social. Yeah. Social group for you. Just one reason though. Awesome. Um, I love this speed skating. You gotta tell me about this. This is this is awesome. So, in full transparency, I love like obscure winter sports. <laughs> oh, I curled for like four years. I I tried curling. Did you? Yeah. Columbus Curling Club. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yep. So I love stuff like this. So how'd you get into speed skating? So, uh, well, it actually started with a birthday gift for my sister, for my sister, like, she was like five. Yeah. Uh, my sister and my dad went skating, and they liked it, so I, I, I had to join in. Mm -hmm. So we did this, uh, this learn to skate, and the group that skated on the ice right before the learn to skate was speed skating. So my dad, who had played hockey for... Throughout college mm -hmm. and throughout his high school, no, all his high school, after his, after, after his college, um, he he tried it out and he really enjoyed it. So after we finished like the learn to skate, we hopped in speed skating, and that's kind of since then I've been speed skating for like three years. Okay. Okay. So it's so there's two types of speed skating. There's short track and long track. Yeah. The yep. only difference, well, other than the track size, which is long track and short track, um, the short track the blades are. Uh, they're bolted into the boot, and the long track it, it has like a spring. Mm -hmm. So when you're like doing like uh, crossovers or, I guess just kind of pushes on 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 the straightaway. Yeah. The blade will always stay on the ice. On the ice. More power. Yeah. That's really cool. Go faster. 
That's really neat. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what do you enjoy about it? Is it the fact that like learning the differences between that and you kind of putting that into actual action? Um, well, one of the, one of my most fun things about it is, uh, is, is just, it, when you get on the ice, you're only thinking about speed skating. Yeah. And you're, it's, it's not, you're, it's, it's not stressful. Okay. And it's just kind of calming. Okay. And I go fast. Oh, and, and then you have to make some, uh, split second, like, uh, decisions. Yeah. About, like, a pass or about a push or how you want to cut the track. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of fun. It's just, and I think real fast. So it's really kind of relaxing, but it's really like the fun side of the competition for you too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 really a unique version of competition. Yeah, which is exactly. really really interesting. Okay, so more of uh, more of a hobby slash enjoyment and like version of competition. Very good. Um, anything else about the speed skating you tell us here? Um, I don't think so. Uh, video games. Video games are really interesting. Does video games talk a lot about, about your personality? Oh, I really do. Uh, so what is your genre? Um, well, I kind of have a few. Mm-hmm. So I primarily play this game called uh, Rocket League, which is none other than like car soccer. Okay. It's where the leagues play soccer with cars. Okay. And then you can play with your friends and it's you basically you, 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 you play on teams mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of strategy involved in like, in like how you pass and how you work the ball around to get it as a goal. Um, there's also uh, Call of Duties. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know about that. Yep. And then so, Minecraft, which I just got into. Okay. Gotcha. So a little bit of FSP, a little bit of like strategy. Yeah. But, okay. Cool. Definitely. Got it. Uh, very good. And strategy. Uh, I definitely want to talk more about the small hobbies you and your dad are doing, especially like you're, you said building trains, but even taking apart speakers and putting them back together. What's the real enjoyment part of that for you? What are you really, what are you really digging about that? Um, other than just being with my dad, which is always fun just to bond with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, 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 the trains it's been fun because it's like a never-ending project. Um, yeah, and my my grandfather. He had to take his down because he moved houses, so I wanted to uh, continue it. Mm-hmm. But it—I it, mean—it's—it's it's more of that uh, that uh, uh, hands-on kind of more textile, like yeah. really being able to kind of just like feel the electronics that's kind of working with you. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like do it yourself. Um, yeah. So we 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 built houses, built. Uh, Mountains actually, mm-hmm. lights, lakes, roads. So we kind of put the whole thing together. Uh, we used to take apart speakers just to see how things work, so I can get a better feel for like how to like fix stuff when I'm living on my own, which isn't necessary now, but it's always nice to learn. Um, that that it's kind of like crew, just kind of using drills and and taking apart the screws. We didn't really put them together as much. We kind of took them apart. But once something was junk, we take it apart and throw it away. I guess. Well, they're probably old stuff too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it would, it would it'd give you the ability to kind of like uh, break it apart, really see how it's working. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. So that totally makes a lot of sense. That's great. All right. And fantastic. Anything else you list with the hobby pieces with building and uh, taking these apart? 
This is wonderful on its own. Um, I don't think so. I okay. Don't Interestingly, this digital conversion work that you're doing kind of falls in the same boat. It's still taking something in a very textile hand, doing something with your hands, but something is still learning more about it, something else technologically in this. Well, and this happens to be more medical side uh, in that regard. So tell me about what's the, what's, I can see why you like the job that you're doing, the digital conversion piece. What are you really digging about what you're learning? Like what's the cool part about learning about the different diseases, cells, you're converting surgeries on from DHS. Tell me about that. Um, so, I mean, it's it just kind of fun just because at school they don't really teach you about like, things that I'm kind of learning. Mm. And especially that I'm learning from like these doctors that, that do the surgeries. Yeah. And instead of learning from teachers, I just kind of read from a textbook. Yeah. It's fun to actually like hear from it or, or hear from like a, uh, a doctor instead of a teacher. Um, to really get some hands-on work with them too. Yeah, to kind of get like a uh, primary source. Of hmm. um, well, yeah. I, yeah. Um, anything specific about the cells or anything else that you find really interesting? And this is actually going to be a great lead to bio, by the way. Um, I mean, you can kind of think of like a body as like a uh, like big building, like a device, kind of how like all like the body parts yep. work together. Well, that's a great answer. And really seeing how, like, literally how all the parts. Yeah, and you don't realize, like, how many body parts and how, how much people don't know, which is also interesting. And the unknowns. And how many cells you have. Love that. That's a, that's a really cool way of putting that. The body has a big set of parts and how they all work together yeah, in order yeah. to actually accomplish the mission of life. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. So... <laughs> Uh, very good. So bio, tell me a little bit about bio. Why is, uh, what's been the enjoyment part of, for bio for you this year? Well, this year I, I have a great teacher and, uh, oh, biology is also like cells and it's kind of like that, uh, uh, well, I, I guess part of the stuff that these docs are teaching me are like exactly what I'm learning on, on my, uh, bio test. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know, just, just kind of like biology with like the cells and like how different different species work and how species have changed. Um I don't know, it's just it, it's very fascinating. Yep. So I like to think of biology too as having this split and it's actually at the cell. So anything cellular and bigger is considered macrobio. Anything cellular smaller is considered micro. Ratio wise, like 70 30. Is there one side you kind of like more than the other? Um, like learning about more than the other? Probably micro. More the micro stuff? I think so, yeah. Okay. I mean, I kind of learn about both, but probably more of the micro. Good deal. And this can change in time, of course, but like at least for right now, that's what you really enjoy. So Definitely. Perfect. That's great. Excellent. Um, yeah. Anything else you'd list specifically for bio? I don't think so. Has there been anything like genetics or just learning the cell, DNA, RNA stuff that's been like, ah, this has been kind of a cooler topic so far this year? And it could be everything to this point. But. I mean, yeah, it, it's all kind of been fun. It's something that's like really like stuck out. Okay. So it's all been really interesting. So, yeah. Okay, good deal.
let's talk about math because math math is so interesting because it's it's so wide in its variance but there are no two different sides of it than algebra and geometry <laughs> literally i kind of like to call geometry like the english of the maths because it can have multiple answers yeah definitely which is unlike algebra at all um so tell me your thoughts on uh, when you liked math and what's what you think of it right now because you're taking geometry now well i used to be like really good at it like it used to be like i like excel um i'm a uh one year uh i'm a year ahead yeah in, mm -hmm. in uh, math um uh last year i took uh what did i take polymers algebra yeah yeah mm -hmm. and that was fun because you like the told me like the uh, lines and stuff and figuring out where they where where they cross and with like the x mm -hmm. um this year there's some like proofs yeah which are just are horrible because it's like basically just like flashcards yeah you right. have to learn the proof yeah and, and you gotta write them out um and uh the the I, the geometry is, is like very difficult takes a ton of time mm -hmm. and, and it's more stressful than like just enjoying it mm -hmm. COVID's not helping. Yeah, COVID is not. <laughs> well, here's the saving grace in this. Uh, talking about what you're describing, it sounds like you really like linear, logical, mathematic, which is straight up algebra. The yeah. wonderful thing about algebra is that all you need to know are the rules, and that's how you arrive at where you need to go. Like, it's literally that. Like, so you don't need to learn too much else outside of the rules, and you can solve the puzzle, and it gives you exact numbers, exact answers. Geometry literally, as your point, and that's a great way of thinking about it, like as a flashcard scenario, it can be literally anything you want. You really don't make that turn back in math again, which is kind of nice, because when you start taking Algebra 2 next year and or pre-calc, it finally gets back more logic. <laughs> so, so it sounds like you definitely prefer the logic side of the math. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. So that's, that's the important bit that we need to know for logic slash algebraic so far uh, calculus gets a little different because it becomes more of a prediction mathematic it's more of like how do you actually uh, this is why engineers use it because it's like if I'm building a bumper or a, a muffler I got to predict that it won't fall off for 10 years and calculus helps you do that but it's still very much based in logic so you'll get back more into that route I see so no problem there um, World studies. Tell me about that. Well, it all really started when my grandparents moved. Um, well, my grandparents on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. Because my dad, when he was younger, he used to build these ships, and he had, he had like all these planes. And so when when they were moving, they kind of gave all that stuff to me. Mm -hmm. And and it's very fascinating to see like how the ships work then, how the ships work now, how all, all the planes work, and. And, and and it's also like the the excitement of like of, of like the bombers. Gotcha. So really, just learning about the different world wars and the equipment in the different world wars. That's yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, world wars and the equipment that went with it. Uh, more airplane or nautical or anything else more to that. Um. Yeah, so I, I have some ships, I have some planes. Very good. Why those? What's what's so interesting about particularly those over like um, anything else in, technologically? Um, 
Well, it's, it's not a gun because there's a. I, I don't know why. It's just I've, I've never really like found it in. I, I, that's not never something I've really like uh, picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, the the ships are interesting because there's just there's so much like that goes on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean they're like the multiple stories, multiple decks, and it's like each thing is like picture perfect on how the planes take off, how the planes land, and I don't know. It's almost like a a body, how everything has to like work together. That's a great description. Now you're making a great analogy with that because it's when you think of like a um, a uh, a submarine or uh, an aircraft carrier, you have to literally have a whole living facility. You literally have a city floating on water or in water, and all the things that go into that. And to your point, they have to be picture perfect. Yeah, because if one is not right, then much like in the body, you got a problem. You know, if you if you've got a bad heart or if you've got something along those lines we've got a serious issue so i love that description it's like all the parts have to really be working off the stuff and everything else like that it's great uh this is fantastic uh and again i'm just for the audience i'm just jotting this down on the whiteboard i'm going to take a picture of this whiteboard when it's all said and done uh anything else with that one about the ships and the planes that you died mitchell i don't think so no right and you mentioned sports cards, and is that still just more of a hobby interest? Yeah, that's something that my dad did in college, and I kind of just took over, and I, I bought some uh, with my own money. Okay. Um, and then I kind of sorted through them, and checked. I I kind of found, like, the rare cards, and the expensive cards. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Very good. It was, that's, I, yeah, but it, it's something that, that my dad did, and we kind of did together for a long time. Okay. Gotcha. Well, this is phenomenal. You got like four and a half feet worth of words here. <laughs> Excellent job. Uh, Julie, anything else you'd toss up here for us? No, I think you covered it. This is really great. Excellent work. Um, I always say you, you guys as students know yourselves way more than we ever think to know or how much you guys wouldn't even know. It's really great. So next step, and again, the nice thing is as a freshman, we like to do this multiple times, especially when you're in our process or in our programs. We do this about once a year. We start using this in order to kind of see how your interests change. Interestingly, they don't change as much as we think. They're not like a 50% whole change. Usually it's about like 20%. It kind of continues to narrow from there, which is good. Next step, though, is go through these five and say what you're not. Go ahead and cross out anything out of these five, and you know that's not you. Between uh, technical, business, liberal arts, health, and education. Probably the last one. Education? Yeah, I'd say so. That's for sure. Um. And yeah, you do have a touch of all of them. In, in the liberal arts one, you definitely have liberal arts interests, but it seems like you want something more practical in use. Like in the sense of, and I like to think of liberal arts as, I love to learn. I just kind of want to stay in this complete learning phase, doing something more directly practical with the degree. What do you think? I think, yeah. So I'm a little bit more in the practical? Mm-hmm. Seems like it. Again, you have liberal arts traits, though, and we're going to emphasize those. But you definitely have all three of these kind of going on. Um, Particularly this one and this one, the health and the technical are really down your alley. But I love the, so now what we're going to do, and I'm jumping ahead because it's going to be fun. We're going to take your interest, start combining it with the areas of technical, business, and health. Let's start seeing what we can pump out with this. So now we're, we're going to put up some jobs and majors, at least as a starting point. I love the fact that you 
really see the complexity of things and learn how do I either reverse engineer it, understand it better, or how do I make something better for it? I love that. And we're actually going to start with the stuff that you described down here, which is the ships and arrow piece, putting that into technical stuff. That is actually where you get, and I'm going to put this in a couple different fashions. I'll start with the basic one, aero engineering. And here's the wonderful thing about aero engineering. There are multiple forms of this because there are aeronautical engineering, aeronautical, and then there is aerospace engineering. And straight aero engineering is like plane and aircraft. Aeronautical engineering is actually when you get into shipbuilding. There's actually one specific program that I know that's really going to be fun for you to study. It's actually uh, Virginia Tech. And they actually share the aero term with both ship and aircraft. So it teaches you how to work in both. Why I actually like the aerospace engineering piece for you, though, is because you're talking about multiple systems. You're not talking about just aerodynamic flow. You're talking about how the whole thing works in tandem. And so we want to be able to put that that bigger component to that. Aerospace engineering isn't so much about aerodynamic flow. It's more it, in the space terms, this is more about like how do you actually build something that works in another environment. So how do you build a Mars rover, but not how do you get it there? Like how does the whole thing function? How does it actually work in its day-to-day -day life? Does that I make see. sense? Yeah, yeah. So this can actually bridge the gaps of like robotics and stuff like that. Robotics isn't a term that you study because it has so many different reaching areas. Like you can have robotics and mechanical engineering and aero. You know, in all these different forms. But that's kind of this version of, of robotics in the aerospace industry. Really like this for you. Um, in that same vein, you do like working with your hands, and you do like multiple parts and structures. That is straight up mechanical engineering as well. Mechanical engineering, the definition of that is the engineering of moving parts, how things move. So I would say like a TV has no moving parts, but a car does. That's where you can show the differences where mechanical is more influential. Um, I definitely want to see that more for you. Uh, Getting into the body stuff, and this is one that we're really going to take out of here and combine with this, take out of the technolo uh, technical piece, technology piece, and combine it with health, biomedical engineering. Why this one specifically? Biomedical engineering is actually a derivative of mechanical engineering. Again, engineering with moving parts. Biomedical engineering is the kinesiology or the kinematics of the body, the body in active movement, and how force being applied to the body really affects it. Actually, they get hired a lot by car companies. Can you think of why? Force being applied to a body. Oh, yeah, because like crashes. Exactly. Stuff. I see. Yep. So there you go. Or developing prosthetic limbs or even making shoes for Nike because it's force being applied to a body. Like, how does that actively work? That's a lot of what's happening in biomedical engineering today. Very different than biomolecular engineering, which is more of the engineering of the small, which is also something we do need to study, is between chemical engineering and biomedical, um, biomolecular engineering. Um, the nice thing is you're a freshman and we have some time to kind of really dive into these and kind of focus on different areas. There's about 30 different engineering disciplines. I kind of see you in these seven more than anything else. Chemical engineering is the engineering of the small, but on non-organic stuff. So think of like oil polymer. Biomolecular is very living stuff. So this is actually biomolecular engineering is where you actually get COVID vaccines from, or anything like that. They have an interesting convergence in a place with pharmacy. They both attack the same problem, which is drug and therapies. One is more about building and developing that by molecular. The other is more about distribution, pharmacy. They kind of blend a little bit, but that's biological, yes. I see. 
in that same vein, I still would have liked for you to take a look at the pharmaceutical side. That is an undergraduate degree. It's a bachelor's degree. Uh, in the same way, biomedical science. Both of these are coming more down the alley of just the science side of health. And part of this is really understanding and exploring the differences between an engineering and a science and what you get out of them, where you can have the same topics, but one is more about understanding it and others more about building with it. And that's kind of the study we like to take you down to see which direction you really want to flow with that. Um, those are really the engineering majors I see. Minors really are going to come mostly out of the health category and the business stuff, because I don't see you as a heavy business side, but I really would like for you to look as a minor. And minors are ways to swing degrees, by the way. One that could be really interesting is operations management. I, I just kind of want to see what you think of this, because it's a nice, good business component. But really, data analytics and understanding the computer side of things is going to be more key. You're not talking about programming yet, but you do like this digital conversion stuff. And you haven't gotten a lot of exposure to it. But this is where I do want to actually introduce computer science. I don't know if you'll love it as a major, but I think it could be a wonderful minor for you. This is actually gets really fun when you take computer science and put it in the health category. And you get this field called computational biology, which is very logical in the way that you like math, and very much about like how do I actually take all the parts and have them add up. That's another place where we actually got our COVID vaccines from, and, and vaccines in the future, which is basically taking the human body and putting it in software. Nice thing is we know the genetic codes. Then you can take a virus like COVID. We know the genetic code. You can mimic that in software, and you can run it against each other against software instead of like human testing all the time or testing on animals or anything like that. Really interesting stuff. Actually, Moderna's vaccine was made in a weekend last January because of this. Really becoming a huge, huge deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, this this is kind of where I at least see it as a starting point, but what do you think? At least sound like a starting point? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I can kind of see how how this will go on. Yeah, and these are definitely some new areas that we or I have not considered, but are definitely fit. Awesome. And that's kind of the fun part about this. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it's amazing how you, you just see it. Let's. Wow. And that's what's so cool about this process. It's like, let's find a starting point because we like we know you're not going to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not going to be an accountant. So we don't have to go through all these big things in order to really get down to like, okay, where do my interests really lie? Well, that's, pretty, really... that's pretty cool. Excellent. Well, this is what we do for our families, and this is how we start them off yeah, in the college planning amazing. process. This is amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's like a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That's exactly what I said. And you know, I think it's I think it's amazing too that you extracted the business um, category because what Mitchell I don't think told you is he has a really mm. great mind for political science. So like the psychology of how people think and if then um, you, he and I have had some amazing discussions about past wars and what that means for people today and finding mm -hmm. patterns of where we're seeing that again. So that whole psychological, you know, you, that's a, a skill you need yeah. in business. And yep. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's how we do this. this is how we start the process here at in college planning and, and, uh, and we start working with our kids from there. Literally it's, 
it's a multi-year process with us because college takes those takes that time to really yeah, get something. And but. as a parent, I wouldn't have considered. I mean, without this jump start, I wouldn't have thought. Oh, Mitchell's a freshman or almost a sophomore. Like I wouldn't have thought probably until you know junior, you know junior year or you know I guess end of sophomore year. And it is good to think about it because you know he is starting to take a computer. We've already started his classes for next year. We built that schedule, but he is taking a computer class. But I should look and we should start building that schedule based on that last category on jobs and majors and knowing what we want to try and taste. Exposure is absolutely yeah. key, and getting your curriculum lined up with that is key. Getting some of your extra extra activities lined up with that, not all of them, but a few. Um, and then from our end, it's starting to study schools and programs to see which ones are going to actually fit what you're looking for. And using universities to study the degree sets. That's actually the key in this, because if we really want to know what like biomedical engineering is all about versus biomedical science, well, let's look at what OSU is doing, John Hopkins, and Case Western, and have you, Mitchell, really taking a look at it and saying, like, okay, much like, again, looking at different homes from a realtor, how do these compare? What am I getting? What are the different research projects going on between them? What am I getting out of it? That way you can start adjusting and saying, like, okay, I'm liking these particular schools that we can put in front of you for these reasons, and really getting a narrowed focus list of schools that we want to apply to, studying the financial aid, make sure the money's there, visit, make sure you're comfortable, and now we can put together a cohesive list. Yeah, sounds exciting. Thank you very much. Mitchell, so is there anything that you learned today that you were like, yeah, that totally makes sense. I knew it. I knew that I knew this is what was in align well, with what I thought I wanted to do. There's some stuff up here that, that I have thought about before, and that sounds very much anything that I was kind of uh, expecting. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Okay. And then uh, what were well, your biggest I've surprises? Kind of like, uh, um, let's see. Uh, chemical. Engineering. Oh, engineering. And biomolecular engineering. Yeah. And biomedical. Yeah. I, I, I never thought about that. I, I don't think I thought about it. Uh, hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't even know that that was a, that was a uh, thing. And then the uh, top one, uh, yeah. aero engineering, yeah. That was something that I, I didn't even know. Or I, I knew existed. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think about it. Yeah, it's a cool thing. It's in so many different forms. And that's where it's just, you know, we don't expect you to know all this stuff. How would you? Yeah. You know? And that's kind of really the, the next phase in this, which is we got to start researching this stuff. we got to start really diving in and having you understand what it looks like so that way you can be really, as I kind of put it in a blunt way, a really educated consumer when it comes to college and when we're buying the right thing or going after the right thing. So well, you can learn more about it. Thank you very much. No problem. It's my pleasure. I love this stuff. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no Thank problem. You. Thank you, Dr. Bennett. You so I appreciate much. the time. Before we wrap things up, have you checked out our bookstore for Beehive Press? Beehive Press is an imprint of Mindful Literacy Columbus, and it publishes books by kids for kids. Book sale proceeds go toward our scholarship funds. We have nearly a dozen graphic novels and chapter books available. Check out our bookstore at mindfulliteracypractice.org forward slash bookstore forward slash. Thank you for listening to the Mindful Literacy Podcast. May you be inspired and energized and share this love with those in your care. We are so grateful to have you as part of our community. If you are enjoying the content in this podcast, please share with your friends and colleagues, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. 
please also take a moment to connect with us on Facebook, mindful.literacy.columbus, and on Instagram at mindful.literacy.cbus. We want to hear from you. What topics do you want us to cover next? Who is doing amazing things in the field of education that we should be talking to in season four? Until next time, may you be happy, healthy, and at peace.